Wave and a miss. Strike three. Dylan Cease with a flourish. Strikes out Otani for the second time tonight. We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. And always live on the free Odyssey app presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Welcome back. It's Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. David Haw, Bruce Levine until 11 o'clock talking baseball. Real quick, uh, two little breaking news things uh, on the score here and breaking news on the score. Is brought to you by BetQL. Smarter bets beat smarter bets start with BetQL. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. The Cubs, $9 million, one year contract, Hector Neris. And the Bears are reportedly, according to our guy Chris Emma, Eric Washington will be the next defensive coordinator for the Chicago Bears at House Hall. We'll get to all of that stuff later. But right now, it is our pleasure to bring in the general manager of the Chicago White Sox, Chris Getz. And like all of our guests, Chris joins us on the Score Hotline, presented by Circus Sports Illinois. Good morning, Chris. How are you? Morning, guys. I'm doing great. I've never been on air before when when news like this is broke. So I feel like this is uh, this is a special one. I kind of wish we would have had you on the air when the Jim Harbaugh news broke, because as a Michigan guy, you probably were <laughs> lamenting that one. <laughs> well, you know, uh, he, he he did what he was set out to do, right? Reestablish the program. Um, you know, his legacy will be strong. I understand what he's doing and what he's done. Uh, and listen, I, I you know, there, there's there's moments when you look back at your alma maters where you get frustrated, but this is not one of them. <laughs> well, we appreciate you joining us, Chris. Let's talk about the White Sox because I think it is a mini Sox fest in town. It is you know, within three weeks of spring training, and there's a, still a lot of conversation about your baseball team and the direction you're headed. How do you describe to season ticket holders that you're meeting with this weekend? How do you describe to people when they ask you, what stage is this Sox rebuild, retool? What stage is the Sox organization at as you take over for your first full season? Well, I know everyone's looking for, you know, the, the um, whether it's a, a retool, a rebuild, um, you know, different stages or phases. You know, going into the offseason – you know, I certainly wanted to improve our defense. We needed to find starter innings. Um, we wanted to build depth with our club. Um, you know, we, we were a team with over 100 losses. So to, to say that this was just going to be uh, reestablished or turned around in a couple months' time um, would be perhaps, uh, you know, wishful thinking. But I do feel pretty good with where we're at. I mean, I going back to the Aaron Bummer trade and be able to acquire starting pitching, um, you know, with, with Soroka um, and, you know, you, you look at some of the defense we were tr- able to acquire there with Nicky Lopez um, and just being able to continue to, to work towards, you know, kind of our early uh, early goals and then getting Max Stassi and Maldonado, uh, those types of players to, to, to be around, you know, the Louis Roberts of the world, Eloy Jimenez and Ben Attendi and, and Moncada and Andrew Vaughn. Um, we've got so many guys that have, so much to play for this year um and I, I, to be honest with you i don't think i've been part of a club that um you know each, so many individuals have so much at stake and if that's channeled properly we can we can do some things here so are we done of course not um are we always looking to continue to upgrade our roster of course whether it be in the starting pitching relievers we just signed john brebbia um we're still looking to to, to find some outfield help and um certainly a lot of uh, attention has been towards dylan c so um you know, we started working on this early. 
We have not stopped working and will continue to do that up until uh, opening day, but perhaps even into the season. David, you and I are talking to the, the most recent Hall of Fame inductee from Gross Point High School uh, in Gross Point, Michigan. <laughs> Congratulations, Chris, uh, on, on going in this. I know it's you were there this weekend for the induction, so hopefully it's, it's uh, just one of many, many more that you go into uh, throughout your career. Uh, I appreciate you saying that. You know, I, I, it's always enjoyable getting back to the hometown, my hometown. I had so many impact, impactful people in my life, um, whether it be sports or not, um, and, and being able to come back here and celebrate. And, I, you know, I will say this, not to go on a tangent about um, youth sports, but, um, you know, we talk about growing the game, growing the game of baseball and where, you know, where it's, where, where it's going, where it's been here with travel sports. I grew up in a community that, that has been able to preserve Little League Baseball. And, and the reason I say that is because it, it has allowed youth to play longer in their career and in their life because community baseball doesn't get, um, you know, it, it's much different than travel baseball where, where, you know, you're not playing with your community members and all of a sudden it gets so competitive. Someone that perhaps is just an average player but enjoys playing can play a little bit longer and therefore becomes a fan of the game and, and comes to our games and watches games. So at a grassroots level, I've always kind of appreciated what my hometown does, but that's beyond the point. I was happy to be back here and looking forward to get back into Chicago next week. Speaking of so youth, I'm, speaking I'm of sorry, youth baseball, uh, Chris, congratulations, by the way. I think it is great. Colson Montgomery was the highest rated Chicago prospect on MLB Pipeline's list of 100 prospects at number nine. Everybody wants to know, you're going to be asked, what is his timeline? What's realistic for Colson Montgomery in a White Sox uniform in 2024? You know, Colson, you know, I remember when we took him and, and certainly uh, personally got to know him and, you know, was someone that was from a small town, Indiana, you know, the basketball, the baseball, um, how is he going to take to professional baseball? You know, he, he's moved along quicker than we thought. Um, and, you know, the really talented ones uh, can do that. Um, you know, and that's, that's including some, some, some smaller injuries he's had along the way, and that just speaks to, to the individual, the, the, the makeup, obviously the physical talent. Um, and it's been – last year was just so fun to watch him, um, you know, get back to, to – um, you know, he was A-balled in double-A and then was in the AFL and just continued to impress. He controls the zone. Um, you know, he, yeah, he makes good swing decisions. He's always been, uh, you know, very comfortable in the box. His defense at shortstop continues to improve. Uh, guys like that, you, you know, you hate to cap them. Um, we'll come into spring training and see what it looks like. But I, the way things are trending, I don't think he's too far off of being at the major league level. Um, just a really exciting player. I, I saw the, some new rankings coming out and having him uh, and Noah Schultz towards the top really speaks to Mike Shirley and his staff um, and finding, you know, some, some really talented players that perhaps were, were, not, were looked at a little bit differently by other clubs, but getting it right for us, um, at least it looks that way. So uh, very exciting for, for White Sox fans. You, you think of the Louis Roberts and the Andrew Vaughns and Colson Montgomery and Noah Schultz and Brian Ramos. Um, there's a lot to be excited about. Chris, I'm going to change the narrative for you uh, when it comes to um, Dylan Cease by asking you, make me a case for keeping Dylan Cease, okay? Because there, there is a ton of intelligent baseball conversation that can take place about why you should trade him. The fact that 
two years left. You're probably not going to contend for a championship in that time. Scott Boros, the agent, uh, he'll go to free agency at that time. You can get a ton from a contender for him over the next few years to be able to help the team going forward. But give me a scenario where you keep Dylan Cease and a, and a couple reasons why you would. Well, for one, you know, anyone that's been around Dylan, um, and I say that not just as a fan, but, you know, understanding the makeup of the individual. And, I, you know, he, he's a guy that he lives a very clean lifestyle. He's, he, he's been durable with the amount of starts he's made. You look at the quality of stuff that he has. I know that, that teams perhaps or, or others have looked at kind of his surface-level numbers, but you look underneath um, and his expected numbers and, and some of our, uh, you know, defensive issues we had last year led to um, perhaps, um, you know, some, some uh, numbers that he's not accustomed to having. So we still know what he's capable of doing. Other teams certainly know their homework. They're very smart. But it's got to line up. And I, I've, I've said this from the beginning, you know, with talking about our roster and, you know, and being untouchable. That doesn't mean that we've been out there shopping players. Now, if they come to us and I feel like we can both simultaneously raise our floor and the ceiling of our club, then we're going to look at that. We're going to do that. But this is not a, a we're just going to do the deal to, to, because we have to. There's, there, there, there perhaps are other opportunities, what, you know, at the trade deadline. In an offseason, you know, teams have, have different mindsets. They're, they're focused in a lot of different areas. You've got free agency, um, you know, on top of perhaps, uh, you know, converting on a trade. So uh, more than anything, you know, I feel very fortunate to have Dylan Cease on our club, been able to accomplish certainly some improvements um, throughout our roster. Now, if that means that a club calls, calls us today and we feel like it's going to, to – um, you know, help our, our both short-term, long-term with the White Sox and the Dylan Cease or anyone else on the roster, we're going to consider it. Um, so, you know, there's always risk. Uh, and really, you just, you know, you, you've got to, you know, the, you've got to take chances at times. But based on the, the, the information that we have, um, you know, we're, we're, they're calculated risks. And if we go into the season, I think there, there's a chance that not only he's certainly going to help our club, but, you know, if, if trade activity picks up at some point, you consider it then. But um, there's a lot of ways to cut this. More than anything, I really like Dylan Cease. I know our fans do as well. He can help us win this year. Um, you know, I've had a lot of conversations with him in the last couple of weeks, um, you know, because I know his name has really been out there um, and people have been speculating moves. And, you know, unsurprisingly, um, Dylan C said, you don't need to worry about me. I get, I get, you know, I, every single day, um, I knock out what's in front of me and I just want to be the best baseball player I can. How would you characterize any conversations you've had from teams interested in what it would take to get Luis Robert, uh, in a trade? And as it relates to your international scouting strategy that actually landed Luis Robert here in the first place, there was a, I think an article in Fangraphs that noted you might be shifting away or changing some of those philosophies. So I guess it's a two-part question, Chris. The Luis Robert market and how your international scouting strategy may have changed. Well, you know, teams have certainly, just like, you know, others on your roster, there's always check-ins based on um, each, you know, team's needs. They're curious what direction, um, you know, we're going to go with our roster because I've been very open about if we can multiply and, and then certainly improve our our our. Uh, our team now and in the future will consider it. 
you know, with Louis Robert, it, it, that, talk about a difficult one. We're talking about four more years of control. A guy that's on the rise, um, you know, played pretty much a full season last year. Um, just elite tools. So, um, yeah, to, to, to find a word of, of what you would need on a return, it would be overwhelming. Uh, once again, certainly not shopping him. I mean, this is a guy that you build around. Um, and, and certainly you factor in the, the amount of control that we have with, with Louis. Um, you know, he's just a very special individual. And once again, up the middle, it's something I've said from the beginning, whether it be catcher, shortstop, second and center field, um, to find players that, that can secure those positions, I think puts you in a, a really solid uh, um, position for success. So um, happy to have Louis Robert. Certainly, uh, I, do, I don't expect us moving him. Uh, you know, in the, in the next couple of weeks prior to spring training. But some teams, you know, naturally have called on him. Now, in regards to our international process, you know, we, we have converted on some really high-profile players that, that that's certainly on our major league club. You know, with, with some of the adjustments along the way, it's really just an emphasis on on some of our pitching. That goes with on the development side as, as well as acquiring certain pitchers that we feel like we can really help and improve their game. Um, so it's, it's kind of a deeper infrastructure statement and, and um, process more than anything. And, and we've really done well in, in emphasizing certain things down at our academy and our lower minor leagues to really welcome some of the international players um, who, who have the attributes to be uh, successful, you know, down the road in their professional careers. Chris, uh, David and I appreciate your time today. In closing with you, I'm, I'm going to ask you about Pedro Grafal. He was hired to be the manager to, to win a championship last year uh, by the, pr- the previous uh, front office. Now he's your manager, and you're hoping he can uh, build, help you build a, a new team, a new champion. Uh, what makes him the right guy moving forward? Well, he, he's, he's a uh, you know, tremendous communicator, understands the game and all the different aspects that go into an organization. He's very experienced. Um, you know, we've added some staff members along the way that I feel like are going to have strong connections with players, um, you know, whether that be Marcus Thames, Jason Bourgeois, Grady Sizemore, uh, Drew Butera, Matt Wise, and others to really create a, a strong nucleus for our players. It's not all on, on, on Pedro Grafal. Um, it, it, you know, certainly it starts with myself, our front office, our coaching staff, and, and bringing in players that really fit with, with the direction we're going. So um, Pedro, you know, he, he, he's a guy that always wants to improve himself, improve the team. He's open-minded. Um, you know, I, I've really enjoyed working with him this offseason and look forward to get going in spring training. Before I let you go, Chris, real quick, are you sensitive to the reactions from some people? Like, boy, the Sox have a huge Kansas City Royal influence. you got a lot of guys – who come from the Royals organization, why would you want to mimic an organization that has not had very much success of late? You hear that a lot. How do you address it? Well, I, I you know, I, I, I certainly, you know, I understand uh, that sentiment. Um, I do, you know, and, and, you know, we're talking about, I get, you know, I spent two years there in the front office. Obviously I had my playing days. Um, there's been some front office members along the way. And obviously Pedro uh, spent some time there. Um, but man, we look at Josh Barfield and 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 Brian Bannister, Dan Mondry Cohen, um, you know, and, and various, you know, Paul Yanish and, and others. We've got, you know, diversity of thinking is very important. 
Um, there are, you know, there, there's also a built-in, you know, trust that you have with people that you worked with before. And really it's blending that all together. Um, you know, each organization is led by, you know, certainly you've got ownership, you've got a, a, a general manager, a president, what have you. And, you know, you shape the culture and direction you want to go. You find the people that, um, you know, have the qualities that you feel like can fit and work towards what you're trying to accomplish. I don't really care where, where anyone comes from. It could be from the college ranks, um, could be outside of Major League Baseball in other sports. And certainly, um, you know, you grab individuals w- within our industry that can help you. Um, you know, you've got your it's really about establishing who, who you are, what you want to be and finding individuals that can carry that out and continue to, to develop them. So, yeah, everyone has their starter kit and, and their history, but that doesn't mean that there isn't an evolution. The game changes all the time. If you're not willing to adapt and be aware of what's going to be successful in this game, then you're going to be very limited. Um, but if you can find people that are open minded and, you know, perhaps they were working in organizations that this was the direction and they were troopers and they were carrying it out a certain way where you bring them in here with a different direction, fresh mindset, diversity of thought, and you evolve with them. So, um, yeah, it, it makes it it makes it fun uh, having people that you know or don't know and growing relationships. But it doesn't mean that we're we're just stuck in our ways. We're we're uh, we've got a bright group, hardworking, uh, genuine people that that I think understand what it takes uh, to connect with players, to grow them, to be the best players that they can be. Um, and that's the mindset. It really is, in regardless of where they come from. Chris, great stuff. Really appreciate your time this morning. Best of luck and enjoy the Sox mini convention. All right, guys. Thank you. Have a great day.